Good morning. Good morning. Topic here is an introduction to the Yud Gimel Ikrim of the Rambam. The 13 principles of faith. Um, the goal, in contrast to the Lady Shirim we've been having on Shabbos, is not to go through every one in detail, but I would like to take maybe a few Sundays. Today we'll focus on the, the number 13, where that comes from, what does it mean to have principles of faith, and then maybe uh, spend some time looking through particular Ikriyamuna that, at least at face value, don't seem to be so fundamental, and ask the question, why are they part of this list of 13? But today I want to focus on what does it mean to have principles of faith? And we know historically not everybody agreed to the Rambam. I do apologize to the women who heard some of this in the first lady share we had on the subject, but we'll be delving more into it and seeing some of the, uh, the Marimakomos together. The Rambam in his Parish of Mishnayis speaks about the 13 Ikre Emuna. The Ani Mamin in the Siddur was not composed by the Rambam, but seems to be accepted as a valid summary of those 13 principles of faith, but not the actual language of the Rambam. Rav Yosef Elbo, in the Sefer Ikrim, he, uh, he has a whole different structure. He says there are three foundations of faith, namely, the belief in Hashem, Hashem being in control of everything. Hashkacha, Scharva Onesh is number two. And Torah Menashemayim, the belief that Torah is of divine origin. Those three basic Yesodos. And that's what the Marsha says in the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, where we learn out that for Musaf and Rosh Hashanah, we have the Zichronos, the Shofros, and the Malchios, Malchios, Zichronos, Shofros, thank you. He says those are corresponding to those three Yesodos of Amuna. Right? The Malchios, Hashem is Melech, Zichronos, that there's Schar Onesh, Hashem is remembering and involved intimately with our actions and our decisions do have consequences. And then Shofros, the, uh, the belief in Maimon Har Sinai, Torah Misinai. The Rambam has 13. Where he gets these from, we'll explore. The Radvaz, the Tshuva, was not happy with having any Yusodas whatsoever. The Radvaz writes, I don't like the idea of having any Iker within the Torah. And Iker means, by definition, there's also a Tuffel. We have the main ideas, the fundamental ideas, then we have the secondary Ideas that can't be. Every halacha, every word, every letter is ikur directly from Hashem. And Chazal teaches anyone who says I believe that everything is of a divine origin, the entire Torah except for one pasuk, he's a kofer. He's denying the reality, the truth of the Torah. Therefore, every mitzvah is its own foundation, its own cornerstone. And 
And it could be you'll have something that seems to be a lighter mitzvah, or not as uh, essential. But it really has a reason and a secret that we can't fathom. So how could you have the audacity to say, this is a tuffle, this is ikr? Every aspect of Torah is an Iker. And if one denies anything within the Torah, so then you're classified as a Kofer. There's nothing about 13 or 3. Everything is its Iker unto itself. The Chassam Sofer seems to be of the same opinion. He starts off here in the Tshuva and Yeridea and Shidn and Vav. Inyan havikuach im yesh yir gimel ikrim o gimel, Kar Yosef Albo. This whole discussion, whether or not there are 13 principles of faith, or there are three, like the Sefer Ikrim. Lo yadati shum nivkusa ki im kriya shem bilvad. I don't understand any nafkamin of this discussion. Besides Kriya Shame, what you're referring it, what you're what you're calling it. But who cares? According to the Mikubalim, like the Radva said, everything is an Iker, everything is truth. You can't tell me some truth is more true than other truth. It's all the same. So his starting point is like the Radvaz. However, one of my Talmidim, he showed me that in the, the tefillah that's quoted by the Shloh, from one of the Geonim, going back to the pre-Rishonim times, there's a Lushan in that piyut that speaks about Kalal Yisrael as a nation of Yosher Ikrim Shlosh Esrei. So it's Mashma Shekabolek Admonis that we do have an ancient tradition going back before the Rambam that we do have 13 principles of faith. So I can't just uh, deny such a concept. Then he says something extremely fascinating. He says, even if all agree that there are 13 foundations of Amuna, there's one that I would never agree to. Can't convince me of this one. And it's ironic because this is the most famous one we have in the Yud Gimel Ikrim. What's the most famous of the Yud Gimel Ikrim? Mashiach. How do we know it's the most famous? The most songs. The most songs. <laughs> right? The most melodies we have. It's true, we have the Vekis on number one as well. But most of the melodies, the Degudim throughout the years, are always focused on... And the Imamin, Bemuna Shalema, and the Biasa Mashiach. So says the Chassam Sofer, Ach, Iefshir li Beshum, Ofen, Lehamin, Shitehegulo, Seinu, Echad, Meikri Hados. I refuse to believe that believing in Mashiach and Geula is one of the 13 principles of faith. Vishim Yipulha Yasod, Tipulha Chomachalila. A foundation means that if you were to remove the foundation, then the entire building would collapse. Let's say, hypothetically, God forbid, 
our sins would cause us to be totally removed from Hashem forever. Hashem says, you know what? I've had enough of you. Girush Olam. Like the opinion we find in the Gemara of Rabbi Akiva regarding the ten tribes. Shehem Nidchim Le'olam. Let's say that would happen with the entirety of Kalal Yisrael. Would that therefore give us the license to throw off the yoke of heaven? Even to change the part of the Yud? That wouldn't change anything. We don't serve Hashem to gain from the land or to bask in the glory of Mashiach when that happens. I do your Ratzon because I want to do your Ratzon. Like the Rambam himself writes, the highest level of Avodah Hashem is emis. I do that which is true because it's true. Not because of Schar, not because of Mashiach, not because of Geula. No matter what happens, no matter what a Kaddish Baruch Hu decides to do with the future and the destiny of Kalal Yisrael, we remain loyal servants of God. Let him do as he pleases. And therefore, says the Chassam Sofer, I refuse to believe that this is an Iker that you could build upon. Now, if you were to ask the Chassam Sofer, parenthetically, do you believe in Mashiach? Do you yearn for Mashiach? He would say, of course I do. Why? Not because it's one of the 13 principles of faith. The foundation of everything is to believe in the truth of Torah and Nevi'im, and in the Torah we have a clear indication in many places regarding the Geula Achrona in Parshas Nitzavim, in Parshas Hadzinu, and many places throughout the Nevi'im. And therefore, anyone who's mefakfek al Geula halaz, who questions the, the belief that there will be a Geula, kofer be'ikr! You're a kofer! Why? Because that means you're not believing in, in Torah and Nevi'im and Ksuvim. Isn't he just repeating the Rosh I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same, you know, like everything has equal weight. Well, his starting point was like the Radvaz. It sounds like because one of his Talmidim showed him this particular period, going back to the times of the Gaonim, he, he changed his mind a little bit, and he's willing to accept, maybe we do have Ikre Muna. Maybe. The Dasa Mekubalim is not like that, but maybe. And if you apply his Taina on any single one point, if that doesn't happen, then, you oh, know. So what this is, this is a charge. Chassam Sofer is a charge for all of Jewry. That what he's doing, he's giving us a clear, user-friendly definition of what does it take to be one of the Ikrei Muna. And the way he's defining that is, you have to be so foundational... Where if I would remove this piece, what's that game? Jenga? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so if I could take out the piece and the whole structure doesn't fall down, you're not one of the Yigimu Ikrim. 
if you're so fundamental where I take the piece right here in the bottom and the whole thing collapses, then you're one of the Yisodos, you're one of the Ikre Emuna. So we have to explore why is it that every one of these Yud Gimel Ikrim classify as a Yisod Habinian to the point where if you would take out that piece of the Jenga tower, the whole thing would collapse. And that requires analysis. But what's intriguing is that even though at the end of the day the Chassam Sofer agrees there, there are Ikri Emuna, I have a very difficult time believing that Mashiach is one of the Yud Gimel Ikri Emuna. It's interesting because it is a big theme. You know, the Gemara says that one of the questions they ask is to peace of the Yeshua. In other words, maybe, maybe I would serve Hashem anyways. But another, I guess, one of the questions the Gemara asks is... Did you uh, deal in business right. honestly with, with integrity? That's not one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim. Right? So it's true. We know throughout Torah Shebech and Torah Shebel Peh, yes, Ani Mamin Be'amun HaShulema Be'viyas HaMashiach. And not only do we believe in that, but we're obligated to yearn for Gula. But the Chassam Sofer is saying, I don't feel it's one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim. Because why should that make any difference in my Avodah Hashem? Now, we're go- also, this is a charge that we have to answer for the Rambam. The Rambam clearly disagreed with the Chassam Sofer, and he felt it does fit into uh, one of those Yesodos. So we have to explain why that's true in the Rambam. So that is, that is a good point. He is focusing on, you know, almost working with the premise that the only reason you would want Mashiach is because then life will be more gishmak. And we know that's not the real reason why we yearn for Mashiach, right? The Rambam famously says, why was it that the Nevi'im and all the great Chachamim always yearned for Mashiach? It wasn't to bask in the glory of, of uh, sitting under your, your fig tree. Justice. Not even for justice. It's to be able to finally get to a point where Hashem will, will remove the Shibud Malchios. And we could be totally devoted and connected with the Boreolam, Mole Oretz Deya. That's why we yearn for Mashiach. So that gets, that gets to be an interesting discussion. Machlokas Rishonim, Bitali Yitzhahara, when, when does that happen? So we're going to explore this further in Mirza Hashem. Good question. Meaning, the Chorah, the Chassam Sofer, would say the exact same thing for Principle 11. We're also going to teach you a mnemonic. We do this with the ladies. How to remember each one of the 13 in order. So number 11 is reward and punishment. The Chorah, he would have the same question on that. Let's say there is no such thing as Chorah Onish. That wouldn't change anything that I'm doing. I would still serve Hashem. I would still declare, Lasos Ritzon Chelokai Chafatzti. Very insightful question. Let's explore that. What I want to take from this Chassam Sofer, though, for now, is 
a good user-friendly working definition of what it takes to be considered one of the Ikri Amuna, and therefore we're going to have to understand why each one of these falls into that category. Now, do we ever find in the Torah itself the notion of HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving us klalim and pratim, giving us ikorim, and then based on those ikorim, you know, categorizing different ideas or halachas? And the answer is yes. Where do we find that? Shtet in posik in parshas mishpatim, v'yomer Hashem el Moshe le'alai ahara, ascend to me in the mountain, and there... I will give you the tablets of stone, the Torah, and mitzvah. Says Rashi. We have a Mesorah that all 613 mitzvahs are included within the Aseris Hadibros. Famously makes a list of all of the Taryag and where they fit into one of the Aseris Hadibros. So we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, Kaviyocho, felt that it, there is a Nafkamina. We have to explore what that Nafkamina is. But to say, if it's true, it makes no difference of ikr and tafel. To have ikr and tafel doesn't necessarily mean it's more important, but it could mean it's more foundational. Knowing something is the klal and something else is one of the many pratim that fall under that category can be very helpful. Exactly. We do find that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the Aser Sadibros not because one of the Ten Commandments is more important than one of the other Taryag mitzvos, but rather, these are the categories of mitzvos. Now, why do we care? We'll have to explore that. But clearly, Hashem does care, and this could be a precedent for the idea of having Ikarim, Yusodos, and then having Pratim. Avasan told us a similar idea. What's that? Well, again, we'll have to see why the Rambam feels these 13 you know, are the, are the Ikre Amuna. But at least when it comes to the categorizing of mitzvos, mitzvos including everything, we do have a precedent that it makes sense to have chapter headings and then different paragraphs underneath. If we back up a step, which I think would address the Chassam Sofer also, the Rambam is not saying these are the 13 principles of serving Hashem. The, the 13 principles of, of faith. faith Amuna right. is, is, is one aspect of Avodah Hashem. There's thousands of aspects of serving Hashem. If you want to talk about Amuna, belief, maybe requiring Yudgimah Ikram to maybe connect me with things that are a little bit more esoteric, that I can't put my hands on, and they're more... A little more esoteric reminds me of what happened to Lady Shear on Shabbos. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I heard. You heard about that, I right? Heard. We're talking about the fourth of the Yudgimah Ikram, <laughs> about the idea of Hashem being eternal outside of not only space, but also time. And somebody basically said, is it okay that these discussions disturb me? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I went home, I told the rabbits, and they don't like the shear. 
But if, if, in other words, when, when I think of the Rambam Zygimel Ikrim, it's, it's not, focused on If I don't Amuna. have these 13, I can't serve Hashem. No, these 13 Let's take a step back. are Amuna. Take a step back. Halacha Lemaisa, if you were to ask the Rambam, what's the nafkamina that we find within these 13 that may not apply to other Taryag Mitzvos? What's the nafkamina Lemaisa? So Lemaisa, he would say, nothing. You're obligated to do all Taryag. You're obligated to have the proper Amunos and the proper Deos and the proper Midos. However, what he does say, and this is why it's in Perak Chelik in Sanhedrin, is that these 13 are giving you the, the Tzura, the, the structure of Yiddishkeit, where if I deny any one of those 13, qualified as a Kofer, no Chelik in the world to come. If theoretically someone says... I deny the truth of Shatnas. That to me sounds so silly. Wool, linen, come on. Everything else I'm okay with. But Shatnas, that's silly. So it could be, I'm, I'm denying that the truth of the Torah, but the Rambam would say it's a different halacha. That doesn't automatically take you out of the, the tsura, the structure of, of Yahadus. Because it, it, I'm just struggling with the fact that it, let's say I never learned the Yudgimel Ikrim, even any of them. Yes, this is an age-old question. This is a wonderful question. Right? Let's say a person's born, you know, in Japan, never having any exposure to these Yudgimel Ikrim. So, Nebuch, you're not Bikorus. It's not your fault, but you're not Bikorus. <laughs> now, what does that mean in the next world? That, that's Hashem's Cheshbin. But yes, if I don't know and appreciate and understand what these 13 Yesodos are, you're not Bikorus. You can do it B'mezid or B'shogeg. Huh? How? What? Yes, there could be other halachic nafkaminas of that status. I want to continue though briefly. There's a Gemara I was thinking of that seems to be very related to this whole conversation. This is a famous Gemara in Shabbos. We know the person who was intending to be Megayer first goes to Shammai, very bottom of page one, and he says to him, Teach me the entire Torah as I stand on one leg. So Shammai pushes him away with the Amas Habinyan. That means it's some kind of measuring instrument for construction. Now that's fascinating because in the story right above this, it says, Shammai told the guy, leave me alone. But he didn't, there's no mention of Amas Habinyan. Okay. Balif Hillel, when the same person comes before Hillel, and Hillel was Megayer him, and he told him, To that which is hateful to you, Don't do it to your fellow. That's the entirety of the Torah. Everything else is commentary. Go and learn. The Marsha explains what the Machlokis was between Beishamah and Hillel, or Shammai and Hillel themselves. And why the mention of Amas Habinyan? <coughs> Says the Marsha, the top of page two, Nira, Shigamhu Niskave in Lefiha Chuva de Hillel. 
Dehainu, Shilmdenu Shekola Torah Tiyah Lo Regal, V'yasod Echad. V'omar Shedokhvu Shamay Ba'amas Habinyin. Ule'el Lo Omar Ela Shegoru B'nezifa. In the previous story, it just says Hillel told him to leave B'nezifa with some level of uh, force. V'hainu Mishum Dehocha Ramez Lo K'moshe Habinyin Iyafshar Lo Lamod B'yasod Echad. It says that Shammai pushed him away with the Amas Abinyan, being Merames, that just like it's impossible to have a real structure, be Yisod Echad, with only one foundation, Kena Torah, Rechava B'mitzvoseha, it's so vast in its mitzvos, Iyavshar Lalitein Yisod Echad, it's impossible to have one Yisod to support the entirety of the Torah. So what the Masha is doing, he's explaining this phrase, Amas Habinyin, and he's also giving us an insight to the Machlokas, Hillel and Shammai. What was the view of Hillel? Evidently, Hillel felt that it is possible to have one Yusot for the entirety of the Torah. Now, how is this guiding principle, the Yusot? That's a discussion unto itself. But structurally, he felt, yeah, even though it's true, there are thousands of mitzvos. We know they're even more than taryag. Every one of the taryag mitzvos, you have many, many branches that emanate from each one. However, it's still shayach. It's possible to have a yesod for all of the Torah. Hillel was disagreeing with that. What was his view? I mean, Shammai was disagreeing. Shammai felt what? It's impossible to have everything and only one yesod. It's mashma from the Marsha that even Shammai would agree, theoretically, if you had many Yisodos, how many? Three, 13, maybe more, maybe less, then, then I would agree. And Shammai would have said to the Ger, if you came to me and you were to ask me the question, can you give me 13 principles the Torah is based on and from those I could derive everything else? Maybe Shammai would have said, yeah, come in, can I offer you a cup of coffee? Let's go through the Yud Gimel Ikre Muna. Maybe. The, there's, a, there's a piece in the Chachma Moser from Reb Simcha Zisol, the author of Kelm, where he says when the Ger approached Shammai and Hillel, he wasn't stam, you know, trying to be a, a chutzpadik. He was asking a question, B'chachma. This person understood that I'm looking from the outside right now, and there are so many things that you guys do, it seems overwhelming. So like any, any pikeach, a person searching for truth, he was asking a very valid question. Can you give me just a guiding principle that I could work with, and from here, everything else kind of flows? Shammai said, I can't give you just one yesod, and Hillel felt that he could. But I think both from the Rashi, we saw quoting of Sad Yagon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bichvodu Ba'atzmo, feels that there is what to gain, there is a benefit of having Klalim and Pratim. And from this, uh, the story of the Ger, Shammai Hillel, according to the Marsha, we also find that it's possible to have Yesodos. Now what are we gaining by having Yesodos, practically speaking? And this, I think, is where the Ramchal is very helpful. Moshe Chaim Lozato, in his introduction to Derech Hashem, where he describes why he was compelled to write this Sefer, 
He says, it's a brief hakdama, but it's very powerful. In order to understand anything well in life, not just in Torah, you have to have a clarity of the structure, the outline, the skeleton, and from there you could build. But otherwise, it's just one big mess. It's a cholent of ideas. Says the Ramchal, Va'amnam, Sarech Shetisbonein. One needs to contemplate. All of the different nuances in Hashkafas HaTorah, they're too many, they're too vast for us to really grasp. And it's impossible to know all of them. What's appropriate for those who are searching truth who yediyas klalim is the knowledge of the guiding principles. Ki chol klal betivo kolel pratim harbe. Because every klal, by its nature, includes many different pratim. Shiyosik klal echad nimsem masig me'odiv misparov mina pratim. So if I'm able to have a kinyan, a real understanding of one klal, even if I don't know all of the pratim yet, I'm halfway there. And even though I haven't learned all of those applications, all of the different subtle hashkafas or halachas that come from that klal, nonetheless, when I encounter one of those pratim, then at least it's recognizable, I'm familiar with it. Because I know the general guiding principles. He quotes a chazal. Torah should always be in your possession. The chazal does not mean, don't care about the minutia. Don't focus on the details. Just know the guiding principles. The way the Ramchal is understanding this is that in order to have any real connection with all of those subtleties of halacha or hashkafa, you have to have a real kinyan on the klalim. That's why when guys in base Medrash always ask, you know, oh, what's the best way to learn halacha? Right? How do we remember all of this? You go through one simon in the Shulchan Aruch and there's so many different pieces there. Mogan of Ram and the Taz and the Grod and the Machlogus and the Mission Bureau quotes this, but then the Chazanish says this. And, and if theoretically all you're looking at is a sikum of all the different do's and don'ts, it becomes just an arbitrary mess of, of ideas and halachos. The way to approach halacha and the way to approach hashkafa and the way to approach emunos, the deos, and midos, says the Ramchal, you have to have clarity in the guiding principles and then everything else can flow from that. Likely, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave a Seres Adibros as ten klalim, part of the benefit for us is that it makes life easier. And we know what to focus on, what to work on. When, when the Rambam gives 13 principles of faith, it's not that this one is more important than any other of the Taryag mitzvos, but these are the klalim of our Amuna. If I don't have that, the Ramchal goes on in the same introduction. He says it's the difference between walking into someone's backyard and you see they're beautiful trees, but they're just like all over the place. 
and you have something growing here, and there's no path, there's no tsura, in contrast to walking into a beautiful orchard, where you could have acres and acres of beautiful trees, and everything is masudar, you could have just as, money, just as many in both situations, but in the first situation, I can't have any clarity, because it's too mavubal. In the second one, you could have thousands of acres, but I get it, I could see it, I could have a bird's eye view. This concludes, we'll end with this. I just find it interesting that our educational system doesn't seem to be built like that. When I went to Yeshiva, I, I, I first walked into my first Gemara class, I told them I was on page 10. It's a great question. What was that, Eliza? So the only the only problem with that question is it's an illegal maneuver <laughs> because that's opening a can of worms. It's definitely something to explore. Okay. Yes, I, I want to end the question. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go back to esoteric for a minute. To what? To the esoteric argument. Yes. Well, this is what troubles me. Who is anyone, Rambam, Taz, Rashi, you, to tell me what I can believe in or what I should believe in or what I do believe in? Ah, spoken like a true Jew. <laughs> it's not a funny one. No, but seriously, it's like. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, the premise. Comparative religion class back in the day in university, right? Rabbi Quintana gets up, makes class, right? Gives a devastating destruction of why Catholics shouldn't believe in Jewish, right? Why, why Catholics shouldn't believe in Jesus, right? He cuts down every argument to all the way to you know, devastating, right? Okay. What he's doing. Run to convert there. At the very end of the sheer, a woman gets up and says, Very nice, but I believe in what I believe in. And that was the end of the discussion. Right. So, I mean, the, the truth is, this is really getting into Rav Hanan's famous question, which is how can you have any mandate when it comes to belief? How do you command belief? And the same thing is true regarding emotions. How do you command emotion? Both belief and emotion, those, seems to be, those seem to be things that are very subjective. And therefore, the fact that you have a tzivui, there's a, there's a commandment that I have to believe. You know, these particular yud gimel ikrei muna, or that I have to feel an ava or rachamim. These are good questions. But I think as well, it's going to be beyond the scope of our discussion. We'll take a look at that, Rav Khanna, but that's Mamish's question. There, there, you know, there is a certain sense of, of, of an objective guide to morality for beliefs. You can believe all you want that murder is okay. It doesn't mean you're believing anything that's moral and correct. Okay. So the Yud Gimel Ikram are, if you want to be a Jew, serves the proper Boreolam with the right understanding of the correct moral compass of what a God is and what God wants in the world how to view the world, there is a certain sense of you need some guidance. You could believe that black is white, it's still black. This is why some of the women said, this discussion is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to end with the Shimshin Pincus, we'll call it today. Shimshin Pincus says that Yeshnem Rabim Many are mistaken and they ask regarding this whole conversation. I get it. 
we have to be mekayim mitzvos, tefillin, mezuzah, sukkah. And I understand that we have an obligation, lekariv achim tovim lekadosh baruch hu, to bring in others who are outside of the fold, so to speak. But why do we have to spend time and effort on these 13 principles? What is the necessity of knowing these things? Assuming I believe in God and that Torah is of divine origin, that's all I need to be Mekayim the Torah. Why these esoteric conversations on Yud Gimel Ikreimunam? So Shem Shempingus writes, "Mishelo Shomer Achas Mitzvos Hatoro Adayin Lo Nafkumi Menu Shem Yehudi." Person who is not yet Mekayim, one of the Mitzvos Hatoro. I'm still lacking in my, uh, you know, my Pesukah de Zimra, or whatever else is out there. You're still a Jew. I'm still within the Tzura, the structure of Yadus. The Yud Gimel Ikrim, this is the Etzim Habinyan. Right now, again, these are just words, but the, the, the Hashkafa is there is something very powerful and very important. Not that it's more true than anything else in the Torah or any other mitzvah, but that it's more foundational. And if I'm missing one of these 13, the entire structure is no longer fortified. What's that? If you're Kuiper in one mitzvah, okay, you're considered a Murakala Tarakula. Right. So how how is is he saying, you know, like... So there's a difference between being a Kuiper, but I'm still still an Am Yisrael, versus something more foundational. There's a difference between Kofar and Loshamar. Loshamar is either I'm not there yet, or I don't know yet, or I don't understand it yet. I'm not Kofar. I don't know it, appreciate it, and deny it. Because the hour is late, I want to end with the following. Our charge, our mandate is to take the working definition of the Chassam Sofer as to what qualifies as one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim and to go through a couple of them that at face value don't seem to fit into that definition. That's going to be our mission, Amrit Hashem. Have a wonderful day.